0: to share with you we're going to lean into grandparents today but what I share with you will apply just about to any relationship and so I hope that you will listen to the word the word of God and let him speak to you because today I want to talk to you about four things that grandparents can do to help their grandchildren four things that grandparents can do to help their grandchildren When I was thinking about this, I thought in the scripture there is a story of a guy by the name of uh, Joseph, and his father was named Jacob. Let me back, Jacob had 12 sons, and his sons didn't always get along, just like in most of our houses, right? Our children fight from time to time. Anybody agree with that? Back in the day, you know, when I was coming up, my family didn't... They didn't have one or two children; they had litters. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot in our family, and so you had to you had to fight for everything. Well, and and Jacob's uh, his children didn't like each other, and especially the older did not like some of the the younger ones. <clears throat> and one of those younger guys that they didn't like was named Joseph. And so Jacob's sons went out on a hunt, and and they were hunting and. And they, Jacob got concerned about him being gone so long. So he sent his younger son, Joseph, out there to check on him and send him some things. And when Joseph got there, they decided this is our opportunity to get rid of this little punk. That's what they were thinking. <laughs> yeah, you got to read the Bible a little bit, of this, you know. And so sure enough, they took, Jacob, uh, they took Joseph. He had a coat that his dad made. It was a very special coat. They took the coat off of him. Long story short, they sold him to a band of Egyptians coming by. They sold their brother. And he was taken in and he was sold on the auction block, block into slavery. They take, the, they take his coat and they kill an animal and they put blood on his coat and they tell the dad when they go back, they listen, your son Joseph got mauled by an animal and we just found his coat. He's dead. That's horrible, isn't it? Long story short, Joseph, God's hand was with him. And through a lot of events that you should read in Genesis, a lot of events, Joseph becomes second in command into Egypt. And his brothers have to come back to Egypt because there's a great famine in the land, and the only place they can buy food is in Egypt. And it's amazing, Joseph meets his brothers again. And the Bible tells us how that Joseph, instead of taking his anger out on his brother, he forgives his brother. Again, it's a wonderful story. You need to read it. But what I want to get to is that after, after the amends is made, Joseph moves his father back to Egypt with him. And there's this great reunion. But now Jacob is old. And Jacob is about to die. And so then he calls Joseph in, and he calls his grandboys in. And this is where we want to pick up the story at. There's four things that we noticed that, that this grandfather did for his grandchildren that I think that every grandparent should do for their grandchildren. And again, if you're not a grandparent, you can apply this to your children as well. The first thing that I want to share with you that, that Jacob did is, number one, is that He loved them. So why don't you write this down? The first thing you do for your grandchildren is love them. Amen, everybody? Love them. Look what happens here. It says, Jacob says this, Now I am claiming as my own sons these two boys of yours, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born here in the land of Egypt before I arrived. They will be my sons just as Reuben and Simeon are. Now, why did he say that? Because these two boys were born, their mother was Egyptian, and of course, Joseph was a Jew. And so the Jewish people did not accept anybody that had a, that, you know, were born, would be called a half breed. That's what they they would have called them. And they didn't accept them. But Jacob said, I want you to know that I accept you, that I love you. And that you're going to be a part of our family no matter what. I want you to know that. It was very, very important for him to establish that. You see, one of the things that every grandparent or every grand- grandchild wants from their grandparent, they want to feel loved by their grandparent. Amen, everybody? Yes. You, as a child, you may doubt if your parents love you sometimes, but you said, Always know that a grandmama or granddaddy loves you. Amen, everybody? That's right. You need to know that. Now, what I want to say to you is that we have to learn to love our grandchildren because they live in a different world than we were raised in. It was not the way we were raised is not the way that they were raised. The world that they're raised in is not the world we were raised in. There's differences. They're going to go, and I want every grandparent to know that your grandchild is going to go through phases. And just because I know they're the smartest child you ever met when they were born, amen. And when they start, you know, from the age of of one to three, they're the smartest, brightest child. And this is a perfect child. But that perfect child is going to become a teenager. (laughs) Amen, everybody. Some of them are going to wear their pants below their bottom. And they're going to walk around like this. (laughs) It's a fad. I thought it would go away, but it hasn't. One grandfather said to me, talking about how kids like to get piercings. He said, I want you to know, Pastor, said, my grandson said he's got so many appears to say it looked like he got in a fight with a fisherman's tackle box and come out with every fishing lure on him but i love him and that's what that's what them is that we love them through these phases amen everybody amen. that we love them through these phases and we have to have to do that that listen we have to stand on our godly values and and just because you love them and you tell them, you know, I accept you, it doesn't mean that you accept the sin. And so always understand that, that, that you're setting, you're setting a, a guideline for them to return to. If you change all your beliefs to match their behaviors, then they'll never know what to return to. Did, did you hear that? That was good right there. That was good. Never change your beliefs to match their behaviors. No, they need to know where to return to. If you change along with them, they'll be lost forever. But if you got a standard that you never change from, then they'll know that no matter what I do out here, I can go back to that. I think that's the problem in our culture, don't you? Is that we say, oh, well, my kids got this problem, so I'll just change my beliefs to match their behavior. No! They need to know where to return to. Amen, because all of us get a little crazy sometimes. Amen? Amen? And so understand that. Look what the Bible says. In Romans 2 and 4, I love this. He says this, God's kindness leads toward repentance. In other words, grandparents, you're the ones that will always point back your grandkids back to the goodness of God. Because listen, I know most of you, you get to see your grandkids and you get to spoil them and send them home. That's what I'm looking forward to. I don't have any grandkids right now, but our staff have kids. And so I just try it out with them. I do. I take them out, have a great time, and sugar them up, and take them home and laugh. (laughs) It's awesome. They say, Pastor, when our kids come home from you, they don't want to go to sleep. That's right, it's planned. <laughs> I'm giving them the sugar on the way home. <laughs> so I have a next step for you our, our, our biblical definition of love that I've been saying. Biblical love, here it is. Biblical love is doing good for another person no matter how I feel, especially our grandchildren. Amen. Grandmama, Granddaddy, they need you to love them, no matter what. No, listen, don't nag on them. Let their parents do that. Right? I don't know how many times when I was growing up, I thought, I'm going to go live with my grandparents. Why? Because they were, they were that kind of people. The second thing I'll share with you is this. The second thing I would say that we learned from Jacob, so we learned, first of all, to love them. The second thing is is show them affection. Show them affection. Look what Jacob did. It said, now Israel's eyes, of course, Israel is another name for Jacob. Israel's eyes were failing because of old age, and he could hardly see. So Joseph brought his sons close to him, and his father kissed them. And what, everybody? Everybody say, he hugged them. them. That's right. That's what he did. He hugged them. He He hugged them. Now, it's amazing because our culture's changed so much. We live in a touchless society. I mean, like, we don't want to touch anything. We, I, the other day, I was, uh, went to the hospital with my stepfather, and, and I noticed that going into this door that you didn't, you didn't even have to touch the button to get the door. You just wave your hand by it, and it, the doors would open. It was amazing. And, and when we go to the restroom, you know, like the water comes on for us. The soap dispenser, it spits it all out. The towels come down. We just wave our hands. Those things can make you look stupid sometimes, can't you? <laughs> right, have you ever tried to wash your hands, get soap on your hand, and you can't get the water to come on you? <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking I mean, it's crazy. It, it makes you look like a freak sometimes. I'm like, come on, come on, here you come on. And, and, so, and, and so the only thing they haven't figured out yet is that we got to get out of the bathroom, right? So we take the towel, we wipe our hands, and we take it, we tuck it in behind the handle, right? And we throw it away on the way out. And hopefully there's a trash can within reach. We're in this touchless society. And what I want you to know is that, is that through the, the pandemic, the virus—it's it, like it, it made us more touchless, and it makes us want to touch people less. And I've heard some grandparents say, "I'm scared to, hu- I'm scared to touch my grandkids because they might be carrying something." Well, let me tell you, they are carrying something. They're carrying anxiety. They're carrying depression. They're carrying fear. They're carrying the the fear of not being accepted. And and they're carrying all the pressure of social media and all their classmates around them. They're carrying all this peer pressure. And so they need a hug from you. Amen. No, no, that hug, that hug relieves the pressure. Don't you understand? When a grandparent hugs their grandchild and and shows them affection, in that moment, they feel peace around them. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. They feel this peace and this love that they don't feel from anybody else. So don't you dare run from your grand. You run to them and and let your motto be, don't bug me, hug me. Amen. Amen, everybody? Amen. His grandparents showing affection. You see, I just want to tell you, by the way, if you're the oldest child in your family, the oldest, you're an experiment. <laughs> I just want you to know that. You're an experiment. Because we parents have no clue. So you're the experiment. You know, that's why. They said, you know, my son said, well, you treated my sister better. Well, we knew better. We didn't know any better with you. So you're an experiment. Our oldest son, Tyler, our our only son. <laughs> Say that right. Unless Rhonda hadn't told me something, I don't know. Our son, We have a son and a daughter. Our son, Tyler, was born our first child. Again, you don't know. There's no book that comes with them. And so I had to start. I was trying to read all these parenting books, you know, because I wanted to be a, a good parent. And so, you know, when it comes to disciplining our child when he was a toddler, it's, I read this book. It said don't ever use your hand to discipline your child because they won't know the difference when you're reaching toward them if, if you're reaching to pick them up and embrace them or you about to tear the little backside up. <laughs> so you should do something different. So it, said, it recommended that you get like a, a, some little something, it doesn't matter, to tap them with outside of your hand so they will know the difference. So it's okay, yeah. So you know, we we had a little yardstick in our, uh, you know, around our house, a yardstick. It was a you know a little little be thing. And when Tyler would you know need a little tapping, I get that yardstick and I would just tap him on his little backside, you know. And uh, and so, anyways, he understood that. Okay, that was pretty good. That was a great plan until something happened. We left him with his grandmother. His grandmother was carrying him, and they went into where her wash machine is, and she had a yardstick there. And when my son saw that yardstick, he went. Oh, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> when we got back, <laughs> Grandmama had a word for us. <laughs> what are y'all doing to this baby? What are you doing with that? He it scared him to. What are you doing? Whoa, grandmama, whoa. Because I'm going to tell you, you don't mess with grandmama's grandbaby. Amen? That's the way it should be. I met a lady a couple weeks ago. I guess she would be in her mid-30s maybe. And she was telling me her story. She said, you know what? She said, I want you to know I almost died when I was 17 years old. I said, really, tell me more. She said, my dad almost killed me. I was like, what? She said, yes. She said, I had some older brothers, and my dad liked to drink. And when he liked to drink, he'd start beating my brothers. She said, finally, my brothers got older, and and they were able to defend themselves. That didn't work with them anymore. And they finally moved out. Then he started on me. She said, that's why I become homeless when I was 16. I chose to become homeless because it's better to live on the streets than live in that. She said, when I turned 17, some of my family members located me, and they told me that my family wanted me to come home. And she said, so I I said, okay. And she said, I went home. And she said, when I went home, I was greeted by my dad. And his greeting was that he beat me so bad, he almost killed me. I almost died. She said, I was, my face was beaten so bad, my fingers were broken. She said, it was so bad. She said, I was treated so bad. She said, my mom had to nurse me back to health for over a month. She could not take me to the hospital because defects would have been called. And she said, you know, I want you to know something, Pastor. I've forgiven my dad. But she said, Pastor, what I'm struggling with is that my grandmother was there, and she went into her room, and she closed the door while all this was happening to me. Grandparents, you never close the door on your grandchildren. When they you never close the door. You're always there. You're, you're, the, you're their security blanket. You fight for them no matter who it is. A grandparent is a grandparent that will fight for the grandchildren. Amen, everybody. Amen. Never close the door. Never close the door. <clears throat> never close the door. So we see that we should love our grandchildren, love them. We should show affection to them. And the third thing I'd like to share with you is we should share our God stories with them. Share your God stories with them. Look what happens here. Look what, what uh, Jacob said. Again, Israel, it's another name for Jacob. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again. Remember, his brothers told him he was dead. And now God has allowed me to see your children too. Did you see that? God allowed it. Grandparents, just as much as you need your grandchildren's technology. (laughs) Amen, everybody? How many of you have ever handed your phone to your grandchild and said, fix this? Anybody? Well, my children, not my grandchildren. Yeah, fix this. That's right. We need need their technology. Amen? We need them to help us. But they need your testimony. You need to help them. They need your testimony. Just Just as much as you need their technology, they need your testimony about what God has done. And in the Bible, I love this, uh, we find that the, the Apostle Paul is writing about his son in the Lord, Timothy, and he's talking about how he sees faith within him. And look what he says here. He says this is the First Timothy, he says, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in who, everybody? Your who? It lived in your grandmother. I can see it's in her, your grandmother Lois, and your mother Eunice, and and I am persuaded now lives in you also. In other words, he, you got to share your God stories with your children and your grandchildren, especially. When they're sitting on your lap and when they're, when they're around you in a room, you make sure to share the, what God has done. Amen, everybody? The Bible comes alive when you talk about what God has done for you, and what you've experienced and seen. Don't worry about having all the answers. You just say, this is what God has done, what I've seen with my own eyes, what I've experienced. When I was a little boy, again, my, you know, my aunts and uncles all had a lot of children. And my grandmother was the daycare back then. They wouldn't, there was no taking your kids to the daycare. No, she was the daycare. It seemed like all my aunts and uncles, you know, we brought our, they brought their kids there. And she kept us. She did it. They never got paid. She, she just did it so our parents could work. And she, we would drive my grandmother crazy. And my grandfather would come home from work and he would see that she's at a wit's end. And he'd load us all up in the car before she killed every one of us. Because <laughs> she told us she was going to. Lotus, if in that little, little beat down car they had, get, we get, and wherever we stopped at, we would stop at this little place where there was a railroad track. It was a, like there was barely, air, hardly ever any trains come through, and we would stop, look like a clowns at a circus getting out of a car, so many of us. And we walked, and he would get us, and he'd let us walk down that railroad track. I often wondered, why did, why did Paul take us to the railroad track? And I, I got to thinking, you know, the, there was nothing but an iron metal right there. Iron, that's all we could. We couldn't tear that up. And, and we couldn't throw rocks and knock anybody's window out, you know. So that's why he did it. He was a smart man. But my grandfather... When he was born, he never got to go to school. His dad made him work in the fields immediately, never let him go to school. He couldn't even write his own name his whole life. And my grandfather was an alcoholic. Every evening, he would come in from work, he would have dinner, he'd go sit on the porch, and he'd start drinking he would drink. He wouldn't bother anybody. He'd wave at the traffic as they go by. And at about dark, you'd go by and you'd see him asleep on that swing. He'd be passed out on that swing. My grandmother, she'd go wake him up, get him to bed. He'd go to work. He worked every day. Come back home and repeat it. I remember sitting out on the porch with my grandfather on one of those nights. <clears throat> and he said this to me. I don't know why he said this to me, but he said it. I never forgot it. He said, Jeff, I'm going to tell you something, son. He said, There's a God. He said, one day when I was out plowing behind the mule, he said, son, I want you to know the unseen hand of God touched me. He said, I was plowing behind the mule, and I felt that the, the unseen hand of God touched me so hard, knocked me to my knees, and I, I could, I had to release the plow. And he said, it was the hand of God I know touched me. And for whatever reason, he looked at me as a little boy. He said, Jeff, don't you ever forget that. I'm glad that I got to live long enough to see that unseen hand of God I never left my grandfather because it delivered him from alcohol and he got saved. And he is in heaven today because of that unseen hand. Amen, everybody. What I'm trying to share with you today is that share your stories. I never forgot that. My whole life, I never forgot that story. And it just reminded me that God can touch anybody. It doesn't matter how far away they seem from God or they may not have ever heard about God. And they might have been like my grandfather never could read about God, but God can get to anybody, amen? Never give up on God. Never give up on God. The Bible says this in Romans 10:17. So faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. The good news about Christ. Let me say this today. If you're here today or you're watching online and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he is not the Lord of your life. That means that you do whatever you want to, when you want to, and it's got you into trouble. And let me just say this to you. You say, well, you know, one day I'm going to get good and then I'm going to get God. No, no, no. yet yeah, it will never work. You will never get good without God. Amen. You get God and then you get good. You, if you could get good on your own, you'd already be good. Amen, everybody. So right now, I want to invite you. I want to invite you right now to know Jesus. So would you just bow your heads right now? Online as well. Bow your heads. And I'm going to say this prayer, and if you just say it in your heart, and you mean it, God's going to hear you today, and he's going to save you. Again, not out loud, just in your heart and mind. Repeat this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. I'm tired of doing things my way. They're not working. Forgive me of my sins. Save me, Lord Jesus. Thank you. For saving me. Amen. 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 Can we give God a hand for all the people that prayed that prayer? What i life like for you to do is that those of you that prayed that prayer today, just check the box on the card so that I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower. I'm gonna send you something in the mail to help you on your journey. So please uh, check that box. Okay, so we've talked about, we said that we wanna love them, we said we wanna show them affection. And we want to share our God stories with them. The fourth thing is we want to speak blessing over them. Speak blessing over them. Look what he says here in Genesis 48 and 20. So Jacob blessed the boys that day with his blessing. Look what he said. The blessing sounded like this. He said, the people of Israel will use your name when they give a blessing. They will say, may God make you as prosperous as Ephraim and Manasseh. You see that? What he was doing, he was creating a picture in their mind to understand that no matter what anybody said to them, when somebody said, hey, you're a half-breed, you don't belong here, whatever. When anybody said, they, no, 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 that God's blessing is on me. It doesn't matter what you say about me. It doesn't matter what you say over me. I know that God's blessing. My grandfather told me that God's blessing's on me, and it's on me. And he put a picture in their mind. And words create pictures. Amen, everybody? I mean, let me give you a word right now. Pecan pie. Oh, hallelujah. Look at you right now. You're, your body's responding to that. Look at Some of you, you have smiled all day and you got happy. Red velvet cake. Glory to God. Look at you, happy people right now. Isn't that amazing? And let me just tell you something. When you walk out of here, it's gonna be Krispy Kreme donuts for everybody. Look, look what happened right there. See, I just said a word, and you st- your body went, whoo-hoo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of you tongue went, la-la-la-la-la-la. I'll give you another word. Lemons. Sardines. See, see how you're responding? It's just a word, that's a, it's just a word but your resp- picture went in your mind, and you responded. And that's exactly what happens to our children and grandchildren. When you say words over them, their mind creates a picture for their future. So make sure to speak a blessing over them. Amen, everybody? Amen. Amen. Speak a blessing over them. And Proverbs eighteen twenty one says this. The tongue has the power of life and what, everybody? Yes. Amen. It has the power of life. this. So man, let me ask you something, grandparents. What words are you creating? What, what pictures are you creating by your words over your grandkids? Never say, never say, well, you're just ignorant. Never say that. Not in a, don't even joke about it. Well, I was just joking. No, 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 because your jokes keep saying, playing over and over in their minds. Never joke about that. Speak blessing over them. And so we always say at SEC, if you don't like what you're seeing in your grandchildren, maybe you need to watch what you're saying to your grandchildren. Amen, everybody? If you don't like what you're seeing, watch what you're saying. It changes everything. Look at what, the, look what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three. 23. He says, truly, Jesus said, I ain't lying. I, I, you just got to read the Bible, people like this. You know, you make it so boring. Truly, that means I would say, hey, I ain't, I ain't lying to you, buddy. I'm telling you the truth. Truly, I tell you, would you read these next three words with me? If anyone anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes that what they what everybody say say will happen. It will be done. What I want to tell you is this, is what you say to other people either will create a mountain in their life or it will remove a mountain. Amen, everybody? In other words, when you... When you, tell, when you tell somebody that they'll never be able to do that, that that's beyond them, they're not smart enough, not bright enough, not intelligent enough, you're creating a mountain in their life that they can't climb. But when you tell somebody, I don't care what they said about you in that classroom, I don't care what that coach said, I don't care what that teacher said, I don't even care what your mom and daddy said, that you're smarter than that, you're brighter than that, you're bigger than that, and you can take this mountain. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Amen. We need grandparents to stand up with grandchildren and say, declare that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. And if God be for you, who can be against you? You can do this. You can make it. Amen. They need to know that. And you move mountains. You move mountains. They need mountain movers in their life. And you're the one to speak the blessing that moves the mountain. It moves a mountain. I remember, let me me just say this. You don't have to be a biological grandparent. You can just be a grandparent. That's what I'm doing. Again, our staff kids, I love it. Again, I take them out, have a good time with them. Woo-hoo, it's wonderful. Then take them home. Hallelujah, that's great. That's great. I just sugar them up, take them home. I love it. When I was a teenager, I just gave my life to Jesus, and I had a lot of insecurities in my life. I remember this guy by the name of Billy Patrick. He looked to be eight foot tall. He had gray hair. I'm sorry, you won't see most of my gray hair; it falls out. (laughs) But I was standing. I was. I was a little. I was a young man, teenager. He come put that big old arm on my shoulders. I made it. His hand, his arm was so long, his hand just like it just come all the way down to here, you know. He said, Jeff, I want to tell you something. Yes, sir. He said, they're going to say about you one day what they said about Jesus. He said, you know, Jesus went around doing so much good that they said, how could this be? How can anything good come from Nazareth? He said, you know what? With you one day, Jeff, you're going to do so much good in this world that they're going to look at you and say, how can anything good, that good, come from Monroe, Georgia? Because you're going to do so much good. That man's dead and gone, but that word lives in my heart today. And you know the question that we're asking as a church right now, everybody? What good can I do today? Amen? Amen. God put that in my heart a long time ago let me tell you something I'm looking at all of you you know what they're going to say about you what they said about Jesus one day because of all the good that you're doing in your, with your life you know, you're not wasting your life you're doing good with your life and because of that they're going to say what What good, how can that be how can anything good come from Henry County Clayton County, DeKalb County Newton County, how, how can that be but it's you because I'm speaking it over you right now that you are the head and not the tail. Amen, everybody. Amen. God is with you. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just wanna say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net, and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.